Live. All right, awesome. Uh, Jorge didn't know how to count right there. Just went five, four, one. That was adorable. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, welcome to the Siles Cast. I don't even know what episode number this is. I think 20, 20 something. It'll be in the titles. But it's freaking April Fool's Day today. Oh, so we figured, shit. did you even realize that? I did not, no. So we said, who's the best jokester in town this weekend? And we got freaking Mark Norman in uh, the house. Come on. Good well, to be here. Thank you for being here. What's in the coffee, dude? Uh, we got uh, just coffee and a little uh, cream. Sorry. <laughs> I know you wanted this to be uh, some boozy thing, but it's, dude, you know, it's I, I, it's I left early. it open for you. Yeah. Uh, but, Mark, welcome to Valuetainment. Welcome to Soscows. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I know you're performing this weekend at the Dania Beach Improv. Yeah, whatever that means. Uh, whatever that means. So whoever's listening to the show locally, go check that out. Fort Lauderdale. Fort Let's Lauderdale, South Florida. Turn me up like five more percent, Jorge. Uh, and as always, Amber Lane. Amber Joy Lane's in What's the house. That? All right, She's Amber. here. When we told Amber that Mark Norman's going to be the special guest, she kind of... Sam, I freaked out a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. I fangirled a little hard. Oh, she wow. Fangir- well, we're both hard. <laughs> um, but welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank when was the last time you were in Florida? Or was it South Florida? I'm here all the time. Did the West Palm Beach Improv. Uh, did Tampa? Tampa, like two weeks ago. Great town, great club. So, yeah, I love Florida. Anytime a comic gets a Florida booking... We get excited. You, you just go. You, Crowds you are great. You think so, Florida in general or Miami? Because I've heard a lot of comedians say they don't even want to go to Miami. That's a good point. Miami's not great for comedy. Right. It's yes. too much sexy, too much, uh, <laughs> you know, hot Latino vibe there. They don't want to hear my jokes about anxiety. You know? <laughs> exactly. Right. They want to I tried to party, bro. Why'd but, you ruin my but day? But Jacksonville exactly. wants to hear about anxiety. Yes. They need a laugh out they there. Yeah, Jacksonville needs a lot of help. But anyway, if you're not familiar with Mark Norman, we're going to let him speak for himself. But here's what I got, bro. Lay it off. And you let me know again. So, so Mark Normand uh, from NOLA, New Orleans, yep. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Obviously, great dresser. I mean, we so, all know that. Yeah, it's not, dude. Don't apologize. This is usually you're, in a fat you're... virgin's basement. So, uh, <laughs> I feel weird. This is, you guys, you look great. You Thank, guys you, Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Twenty thirteen, the Village Voice in New York City said you were the best comedian and. And I don't know if it was all of New York or in the world yeah, at that point, but we'll give him out, that. Yeah. In 2019, a young uh, a young comedian you might have heard of named Jerry Seinfeld. Yes, the He's King Jew. The King Jew, my people. He said that Mark Norman is the best young up-and-coming comic in New York. I don't know if you're that young anymore, bro. No, but... I'm not young. Okay, but anyway, that's respect. I mean, I'll you can't write that? Yeah, and, um You've seen him on Conan, I think, a handful of times, I want to say. Eight. You've been on Fallon. Eight. You've been on uh, James Corden. You've yep. been on Comedy Central. Uh, Last Comment Standing. Sure. Where haven't you been, You're the whore of late bro? night. I Where know. haven't you been? Late night whore. Uh, I, I've, I've been on Grinder. I mean, you name it. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I haven't seen you on Grinder, bro. Oh, I've been looking. lying. I know. <laughs> we all are. Um, told me some stories. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're going to play a little video here. You've probably seen this video. Cue it up for us. What should we expect from today's episode, getting to know Mark Norman? Hey, I'll just try to be entertaining, try to be funny, and uh, this is a, a classic clip. I can't I can't watch it, so I'll take the headphones off because I hate myself. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys go nuts. Go ahead. Go for it. My gal's fun, though. She likes to do stuff in public. That's cool. Although it gets you into some weird scenarios. One time we were at a grocery store. She stuck her butt out in the aisle, and I spanked it. And the six-year-old kid runs up, and he goes, what'd she do? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, is she a bad girl? I'm like, she's a bad girl. All right. <laughs> That's what I realized me and this kid are saying the exact same thing, but having a completely different conversation. <laughs> He's like, is she naughty? I'm like, oh, she's naughty. He's like, does she have a lot of toys? I'm like, her bedroom's full of toys. 
He's like, you should do what my parents do to me when I'm in trouble. I'm like, what's that? You should use her toys in front of her. I'm like, damn, maybe I will. <laughs> oh, this kid's filthy. Ah, oh, thank God that's over. Yeah, so what, what, what about that do you not want to hear? I just don't want to hear me. You know, I suck. But I, <laughs> I just I only posted that today because I did like 12 Chris Rock, Will Smith jokes in a row, and yeah. I felt like I had to break it up a little. Right. Gotcha. Well, I mean, we were going we to address oh. the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing, but since we we're here. We, we, yeah. Since we're here, <laughs> you know, we're here with one of the biggest touring comedians right now. I'm just going to build you up, bro. Uh, I'll break you down at the end. Don't please, worry about that. I'll, that I'm, I'm setting you up for some failure at the end, but... Um, as a comedian and a comedian, uh, let's get let's have that let's have that, that conversation. Yeah, do they? I don't <laughs> I <think> know. So. <laughs> as two comedians here, there you go. Um, what the hell happened? Is, is something like is that something that is just completely off limits? Someone getting up from the crowd, no matter who the hell you are, coming up and smacking a comedian because they made a joke. What are your thoughts on what happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock? Well, I think it's a it's a big amalgamation of things. First of all, it's like a, a representation of what's going on in society. You know, like everybody's on on edge. We're all full of shit all the time, and the more full of shit you are, it's kind of like a relationship. If you don't talk about everything and communicate, it just bubbles up and then eventually you hit a lady, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of what's happened here. Like, these guys, Will Smith is a zillionaire. He's hugely famous, and he's scared of his wife, as we all are. I think we should change the name from Karen to Jada. But uh, great, great bit. But, yeah, I just think we're all going through a lot. Hollywood's full of shit. All they do is talk about being activists and stopping assault and down with hate and helping people and coming together. And then they see a guy literally attack someone physically in front of them and they don't do shit about it because somebody had a great point. Hollywood doesn't act, they react. So they wait to see how the societal we'll wind is it. blowing and mm. then they go in and go, well, this is what we think. Like, oh, you only think that because that's the right thing to think, you fucking queefs. So, <laughs> so are you saying that Hollywood ain't real? Yes, and it's all like celebrities are having a bad couple years. We used to look up to celebrities. They were huge endorsements. Now... With the pandemic, all these Imagine videos with the black and white, and we're hurting, and I feel for you, and I need to work on my... Shut the fuck up. You all live in a fucking mansion in Malibu. You're completely out of touch. You just say the things you're supposed to say. You don't give a shit about people. You only care about yourself, which is fine. That's great. We're all selfish, but don't pretend like you do. Hmm. And after he slapped Chris Rock, everybody consoled Will, and nobody gave a fuck about the guy who got hit. That's how far off we are off base in this goddamn society. So fuck Will. He made a mistake. Jada's terrifying. She's fucking uh, her son's friend, yeah. which is also weird. Imagine imagine if a guy did that. Hey, I'm fucking my daughter's friend. Whatever. Yeah, they it, make a movie about it called American Beauty. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Where's Kevin Spacey been? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Has he done anything inappropriate lately? But let me ask you Sorry, this. I got worked up Let there. me ask you this, because then we'll, I want to get to your thoughts on Jada, female empowerment, and uh, she's sort of like the face of feminism these days. Mm -hmm. But... Um, is she really? Because... Because she really, uh, she's all about, I'm a modern woman, but yet I want my man to be traditional and and protect me. So know. which one is it? We're are you modern it. or are you traditional? Well, yes, I, I agree. But my question to you is, we're kind of shitting on Hollywood, and rightfully so, bro. Sure. But isn't Chris Rock Hollywood? He is, but he's still a comedian. He's a he's a real guy at the end of the day, more so than Will Smith, I think. But he's he's definitely a famous comedian. Yeah, can't deny that. And, and, and this is something that I talked about on our other podcast, PBD podcast with with Pat. I go, people forget before Kevin Hart, before Chappelle, Chris Rock was the freaking man. He I was the him. guy. Yeah, he was the guy in the nineties. What I was think it? He's better than both of them, by the way. Really? As a comedian? Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Well, Chappelle's I, well, I, going I, I, off I, on this whole thing with the trans and everything yeah. and like a freedom fighter, which is great. Do your thing. But Rock kept it funny the whole time. The whole time. And Kevin Hart is, is on a Chase commercial and doing Jumanji 8. Yes. So I think Rock just was like, I'm going to keep being a comedian. Yeah. Well, Chris Rock's acting not as good as his comedy. No. Well, that's a that's. But, a I mean, wait, I don't want to be controversial here. And I like how you sometimes sign off from your, your comedy. You say, all right, I've been uh, Kevin Hart. And then yeah. what do you say? I'm Kevin Hart. Thanks a lot. Exactly. But I only say that because I used to bomb a lot and I didn't want to tell him my real name. <laughs> so I go, oh, I'm Kevin Hart. Fuck you. Um, speaking of bombing a lot. Uh, is that your transition to me, Adam? It was a joke, Amber. It was a, total, it was a joke. It was good. Um, but Amber, you're you're a comedian. I am. Um, you deal with some, you know, as a female, I want to get your perspective on what happened with Jada. Mm-hmm. And if your man would have stood up for you, I want to get that perspective. But also being a female comedian or just a comedian in general, what kind of shit do you have to deal with? Hecklers, whatever. Oh, I mean, just the first conversation always is like, you're a comedian, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, what do I look like? A dentist? Like, I don't know what... What I should look like, but right. there's watching this had lots of from different perspectives: the comedian perspective, the human perspective, the female perspective. I think as a human, where we watch all these robots like like this, watching Will have a, like a moment where he like broke through mm-hmm. his his like facade was cool to watch. It wasn't that it was it was empathetic to watch, and I think a lot of people, if they side with him, they're not realizing that it was wrong. They're just like liked seeing something very real and like. Yeah, visceral. It was just mm-hmm. like raw, and that was, I think, what was exciting about it. Not that they actually side with him. Obviously, all the like the women are like, "Oh, my ovaries hurt. That was so hot." Like he. he oh, you, so this was a turn on for women, is what you're saying? I, I I've heard a lot of that perspective. Yeah, to see I a man that. be like so up in arms about. I mean, yeah, we've all seen him. We all saw him laugh and then look at her right, and then right. change. Yeah. So it was like in that moment, his own feeling didn't matter as much as him seeing her be offended. So. That kind of emotional consideration for your yes. partner is admirable. Had he just sat there and maybe done this part. Agreed. That would have been really cool because that's like, hey, I'm angry, but I'm reserving my yeah. my physical anger. Because what that was a long walk. Okay. Yeah. There was no, that wasn't he walked, a pop. like cool as hell. He's yeah. like swagged out and then So there was a lot of thought. Bam. Premeditative, you know? <laughs> I always say if he was in the fifth row, that wouldn't have been as effective. He had to shimmy through. <laughs> right. Right. Excuse me for a second. Yeah. So no from, from a female's perspective, what was the biggest turn on? Meaning him looking at his girl, seeing that she was offended and emotionally reacting, A. B, getting up there, walking up and slapping. No, the, or physical, C, the physical part the, was the the the, the the yelling, keep my motherfucking wife name out your mouth, that whole – what was the biggest turn on for the female? Listen, I feel like as women, a lot of times we get shit on for overreacting and a lot mm-hmm. of times you get gaslighted. Like, hey, that's not offensive. Like, calm down. So, like, just to see your husband, your partner acknowledge that emotion yeah. that maybe he didn't agree with. That's mm-hmm. the thing is being a partner, being empathetic. Hey, I don't feel this way, but seeing that it affects you makes it real. Yeah. So I'm going to react. That part, I, I guess it was attractive. But okay. the walk over and the hit. Whew. Unhinged. That not, was not good. Not, no, I don't find men yeah. fighting attractive oh, at all. Thank well, Mark, God. Mark, no, tears. We, we talked about this. <laughs> tears, emotional vulnerability. That's, that's, that's right. We did shit a man cry. But well, I just Mark. Think, wait, wait, wait. One last thing. Yes. The whole, this whole, 
scenario. I just think the funniest part about it is like it's obviously a whole team of writers who are who are coming to the table with this joke. I mean, Chris Rock definitely has his input, but a bunch of people signed off on that. And they probably right. were like, Okay guys, we can't make a joke about the relationship, so let's pick something less offensive and they went yeah. with G. I. Jane and then this Which I is know. not that comp like I, I guess he he she he didn't know she had alopecia or whatever. It's not that controversial of a joke. Well, uh, if you, of anything he's actually you made a documentary them. on women um, black women in their hair. Yes, yeah. good so hair. So it's not oh, like Chris he, Rock has? It, yeah. yeah. Oh. So he if knows. he was another guy who knows. had less emotional um, sensitivity gotcha. towards the subject, maybe it would have been like so, it's still it was all around not a great combination yeah. of things. But it was a turn on that he actually defended his woman. You really want to keep going to yeah. this <laughs> well, I wanna, I wanna know, like, Mark, uh, what was the biggest turn on for you yeah. in this moment? That's what I really want to get to. I think the fact that Chris Rock just took it, like that I would have been like, cool. What the hell? <laughs> I would have totally bitched out. So and look, we do this whole where we really reward victimhood in this culture. Like all these non victims are acting like victims. Like Will Smith cries at the end, he gets the Oscar, he's like, yeah. I wanna protect everybody. It's like, shut the fuck up, you big dude. Get out of here! You're, now you're culturally appropriating victims. There's oh, real victims out oh. there. Oh, so what about that? But were you were you ever a Will Smith fan? Or were sure, you, I, I, I still like Will Smith. Right. I'm just saying I don't like the way this was handled. I, I think he's going through a lot. I think he's in a mental spiral. I think he's fucked up, and I think he's mad at his wife and mad at the situation. And he yeah. and he took it out on Chris. Also, poor Questlove. I yes. Questlove. Yeah, what happened with Questlove? This, this was his moment, and it's oh, gone. Oh, because he won the award? Yeah. Yes. Oh. He's a fucking great-ass guy. Ex- literally, you didn't even I didn't even know. know. Great Will guy. Smith made it about him. Anyway. It's a good movie, Summer of Soul. Check it out. We we addressed the Will Smith-Chris Rock situation. But can we just say, thank God this is black on black. Sir, you know, if this was uh, no. Ben Affleck who went up and slapped Chris Rock, this would be a bad oh, so time right. to be a, a comedian. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard, thank God this was black on black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard that. Yeah. But yes, I agree. Thank <laughs> God true. this was. It wasn't so, also a racial And once issue. again, white people did nothing. Yeah. We stood by. They, and, they, yeah. they we asked call, him We might have called the yeah, cops. That's true. Karen they might have called him. the cops. It's <laughs> cheating um, now. The, um, anyway. That, well, well, let, Look at her. She's like a supervillain. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, she's not happy about this. That outfit and everything. So, Mark. Um, yes. We, 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 we got through the Chris Rock thing. Will Smith done. Let's put that to bed. Let's get back to you. So... You know, I made the joke earlier. Hold on, you don't want to have a drink, whatever. But like, I've seen a bunch of your stuff. Even Marcelo spoke to you. You used to like to drink a lot. So I how still did, do. How did how did someone that likes to drink or even dare I call you a blackout drunk uh-huh. end up becoming a comedian? Do you know wow. what we get paid? That's true. We work at bars. We get paid in drinks. Drinks are free. So yeah, I I'm from New Orleans. You know, it's it's part of the culture there. And I think a lot of comedians are alcoholics. You know, Dave Attell and all these guys are. Mm-hmm sober now a lot of people are sober these days because we're all about health and beauty and wellness but i still enjoy boozing and i've tamped it down quite a bit because i like doing it so uh i still drink but i'm gonna go hard tonight you are yeah before or after the show after the show i was still okay. have a good show and where are you going tonight i mean you don't have to tell the location you but... tell me i'm right. down for anything i I'm... will let you know sir yeah. okay uh this is uh you're in that wasteland though dania in I between know. you're gonna you, you gotta, gotta go north to fort lauderdale or south to south beach i recommend south to south beach i'll fill you in after the okay, show okay okay mark do you, you've been doing comedy for how many 15 ish 15 ish but who's counting yeah um, epstein's favorite number <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember your first bit that worked? Yes, and I'm not proud of it, but uh, the joke was very Woody Allen-esque. I'm bad in bed. I'm so bad in bed when my, me and my first girlfriend decided to lose our virginity to each other. I bled. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it still works. Was that All the right. one that That's Amy good. saw? 
No, no, that was a different one. I bombed. I was bombing at this club in New York, and I was a new open mic horrible comic. And uh, she happened to walk through the club as I did one joke in that set that worked, and she was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's funny." And I saw her in the green room. She was like, "That joke was killer." I was like. Oh, really? I'm covered in sweat. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. Blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is Amy Schumer you're talking about? Yeah, years it's ago. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's a long joke, but it's basically uh, people say the, the term, I don't fuck around too loosely. Like, my friend went to the grocery store and bought wheat thins. And I was like, oh, wheat thins, huh? And he goes, yeah, I don't fuck around. I was like, you bought crackers, you know? Blah, blah, blah. And it killed. Yeah. And everything else bombed. But she saw that joke, thank God. This, the timing was perfect. And then yeah. she goes, hey, we should do some dates on the road. I was like, oh my God, okay. And this is before she was Amy, you know? She was like a you know, club comic with half-filled rooms. So. But you knew who she was at the time? I knew who she was because I knew, I knew all the New York comics. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a dream come true. And then I watched her go from clubs to theaters to the garden to movies to, yeah. to literally hosting the Oscars. There you Almost go. Full that circle. affected your material knowing her audience as you, like, no, nah, I wasn't. I was so green. I was just trying to get laughs. I was just doing anything. But uh, she, she showed me a lot about the business and taught me a lot about, you know, how to make it and all that stuff. She's a, she's a real pro in that yeah. way. Well, did you have any idea she'd become who she is today no. even at that time no i mean i could see that she oh she got the rose she got the charlie sheen rose oh she got a, a tv show inside amy schumer and i was watching her blow up but uh it was so fast that i was just in a whirlwind like one night we're on a private jet i'm like how the hell did this happened you know so i just got to see it in real time and she kept you like and she kept me is awesome. she the best current active female comedian i know you don't want to go male female <laughs> but i do think that guys typically are funnier than girls i said it mm. but i think uh, probably marjorie taylor green number one <laughs> i mean jewish space laser that is comedy gold yeah that's true so it's marjorie taylor green then who schumer or who, who's on the well there's so many the female mount rushmore these days well it's tough to be a lady i feel like in comedy because you're you're uh, the lady comic there's so right. many funny comics who are women that like don't get their due because it's almost like you heard in the 80s it could only be one funny black guy it was True. like richard pryor then it was eddie murphy then it was chris rock chris rock yeah. yeah and you got amy you got jessica kearson you got uh carmen lynch laurie kilmar there's so many funny uh ladies uh, mm-hmm. taylor tomlinson you know killing it so uh I don't know. I don't, and I don't love the goat thing. You know, yeah. who's the goat? And everybody's like, Chappelle's the goat, or Louis the goat, or Bill Burr's the goat. I'm like, ah, it always changes. Some people are better at this kind of yeah. stuff. So, it's like saying who's the best porn star? Lisa Ann. Hello, well, well, friend of the go. show. What are Lisa, we talking about? She is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. she's great. We're so, all taking it up the ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, watch out for Amber Joy Lane, by the way, for on, hey. the, on that list. Oh yeah, um, there you go. You. So, um, but. I agree. Yeah. The GOAT is like an annoying argument. There's going to only be the one, but who are your comedy heroes? Like, who's on your Mount Rushmore? Just yours. Okay, well, I'm a weirdo because I, I go way back. Go I for like it. I like Groucho Marx, who's a guy from the 40s, 30s, and 40s. Silent mustache. Well, not silent, but mustache. That's yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like, okay, gotcha. All Similar. right. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> but then I love, I grew up loving Bill Murray, was like my hero as a kid. I love Larry David so mm-hmm. much. He's like my number one. But then Greg Giraldo. Uh, Rest in peace. George Carlin. Carlin. Yeah. Carlin. Love Carlin. Carlin's fun because he's getting all this uh, shit after he died. Like everybody's right. like, the left c- claims him, then the right's like, what about this joke? And, yeah. you know, Carlin was the quintessential comedian when both sides hate you. I think you're doing something right. Correct. Um, so Carlin, 
Uh, Seinfeld was huge for me. Chris Rock was huge for me. Louis C.K. Bill Norm Burr. has to be. Norm, Norm is in my top five yeah. for sure. I, I totally am biting him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, no. so yeah. <laughs> you just both have these like very signature voices. I All think. right. Hey, I'll take it. But different. Yeah. Why? Yeah, does he remind you of Norm MacDonald a, a little lot, bit? A lot. In really? the best ways. Yeah. Thank you. That, a good looking young Norm MacDonald. Oh, uh, he was handsome in his day. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You mentioned David Tell. Is he on your list Love somewhere? Love David Tell. Love David Tell. David Tell's tough because I know him. Yeah. So I should put him more on the pedestal, but I forget because he's just like a, such a killer comic. But uh, yeah, David Tell's, I would say, the goat. But well, hey. Look, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Um, you know, Jerry Seinfeld called you the best young and up and coming. All right. He was drinking a lot. He was, the time. yeah, clearly he's drunk. <laughs> yeah. If you could say somebody that's young that you see doing their thing, New York City comedies, or someone that you're like, yo, this kid, watch out for this guy. Because they're going to come back and say, Mark Norman called so-and-so-and-so the best. Who do you think? Well, there's a a couple guys. Sean Patton is is hilarious. He doesn't get his due. This guy, Chad Daniels. Uh, Fahim Anwar is really funny. Like, there's all these guys Mm. and gals. Hold on. Let me name some women here so I don't get yelled at on Twitter. But... uh, yeah, I named a bunch of ladies at the beginning. You did, but, you did. Yeah. Okay. You did great. So you know, a lot of people. I'm going to add one more to that list. Watch out New York City. Uh, Marcelo Hernandez, friend That's of the yeah. show. Oh, there here. you go. Our boy that uh, you met the other day. Yeah. A oh, young up-and-comer. Dina Hashem, very funny, very yeah. funny comedian. But I just think funny isn't number one anymore. Like, now it's like, what's your thing? Are you trans? Are you in a wheelchair? Are you Asian? Yeah. yeah. You know, if funny, like, there's a lot of guys funnier than Fluffy. But Fluffy yes. is Fluffy. You know, that's really what it takes to be. I'm not saying he's not funny, but it takes more. You got to have a gimmick. You got to have a character. You yeah. got to be likable. You got to have heat. You know, Sounds funny is like out. You need to be a trans Asian in a wheelchair who happens to be overweight and fluffy and boom. They would get a deal instantly. I guarantee But I feel yeah. like there's more space for more different yes. kinds of comedians now because we have access to your exact uh, target audience. Exactly. Like, like a TikTok. So there can be mm-hmm. somebody in all of those niches because there is enough of an audience for those people to survive, even if they're not applying to... Like the entire demographic. Great That's point. True. Well, Thank yeah, they the say that, that the riches are in the niches. By the way, speaking of like internet oh, stuff, like there's that. a kid called uh, Trevor Wallace. You ever seen oh, this guy? Oh, he kills this it. kid's great, man. I watch all his content. The sketches. He's, the sketches. He's now, what are your thoughts on you know YouTubers, TikTokers becoming comedians or you know kind of getting into that? Because I've heard sometimes they suck at stand up. I've seen. Yeah, mostly they suck. Exactly. What are your thoughts <laughs> on that? This guy Trevor's pretty damn good. Yeah, he's a funny guy, obviously, but stand-up is a different animal, you yes. know? It's like saying, hey, this guy's a hell of a boxer. It's like, all right, well, can you do MMA, yeah. you know? So uh, these guys are funny, but they're videotaped and it's edited and they put clips and graphics yep. and shit. So it's a different animal than you get in front of a, a live audience and you have to do 45 minutes and get laughs every 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Now now it's a different ball game. So uh, I say do what you got to do as long as you take it seriously. A lot of guys like these Chris Catans or whoever will be like, hey, I, I can sell tickets. I was on SNL for years. And then they do seven minutes and talk about old stories and they have no act. Right. And I get it's a cash grab, but like Steve-O apparently is taking it seriously, I think. Oh, really? So that to me, that's all that matters. Just treat it like With it respect. should be treated. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, it seems like you've got no problem naming names. Well, I just try to keep it real. I'm not, yeah, I'm not and trying I, to dude, be I'm mean. saying I respect the hell out of that. Oh, like okay. you just called out Chris Catan, who well, you know. Well, I think he's in a in a bathtub right now, crying. So I'm, I'm not too worried about it. But I'm just I'm just being honest. Like I don't I don't think Catan would say, "Hey, I'm I'm working hard and writing jokes." Like, gotcha. I think he would agree with me. 
Gotcha. Is there, any- sorry about like TikTok. People like use insights, right? That's the entire trend. Right. You can, if you can tap into an insight mm. and put a caption on it in six seconds, it'll go to see 58.5 million people. But taking insights and presenting them without any visual aid is a whole different. What do you mean by insights? Like point. actually on your so, Instagram? Memes. Yeah, no, okay. people sort of make a joke by talking about an insight that everyone can relate to and adding a visual meme with a caption over it. And people are like, oh, this happened to me. Send, share, 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 share. But to do it without any visual component or an audio track that already gives you half the battle. Mm. If you pick a song that relates to a time period and a picture that yes. relates to a whole thing, and then you just put a caption on it, You've created this trifecta that you can't fucking do on stage. Here, wow. here. Well said. He's been pointing at you and agreeing with you for the, the past 30 seconds. Yeah. What, what did she nail? You nailed it. It's it's because there's an algo situation going on with the with the Internet, you know, whereas can you stand in front of people and plant your feet and get involuntary laughter from an original thought mm. or an original joke? I doubt it. But you can figure out what's trending and what's hashtagging and all that. I, I'm so I sound like some boomer weirdo, but uh, <laughs> these algorithms, yeah. these kids, these You haven't ventured into TikTok. Twitter is your main. Twitter, Instagram. I have a guy I pay now because I'm like, ah, I guess you got to do this. So right. I just toss it. it off to some young uh, To pay twink. to do what? To do TikTok. I'm like, here's some videos. You upload it. You put the right banner, the right caption, the right graphics. And, you know, it's some, you know, youngster and he knows what he's doing. Gotcha. Uh, well, that comes with success. You can hire youngsters to start doing some shit. Here, here. But the yes. TikTok comedians have the following to sell out small shows because they already have millions of followers. Exactly. That's true. So if you can use it to your advantage, I'm trying. Yeah, um, yeah I'm not <laughs> knocking it. I actually want to talk about we're going to get into some financial stuff. We're going to get into some d- dating stuff. we got segments going on over here, kind hey, of. Love a segment. Uh, so we're talking to comedy right now. Um, Apparently, there's some story with Seinfeld. He left you on red, something like that. <laughs> what is that? What's your Seinfeld story? No, that's you're thinking of Chris DiStefanos. Uh, okay, he left gotcha. him on red. Gotcha. Um, which is terrifying. You know, texting, I have his phone number, and, you know, I grew up with the guy watching him on TV. So text, it's like texting a supermodel where I write it, then I delete everything, and then I yeah. edit it, and I'm like, is this funny enough? And I'm asking people. So it's so scary to text him. So when he leaves you on red, ooh, it stings. Yeah. But uh, he left me on stage once, or no, I opened for him, and I got off too early because I didn't want to go along, and he wasn't there yet. Yeah. And he, he's very meticulous about how he runs his show. It was completely my fault. And so then I ran back out because <laughs> I couldn't leave an empty stage. Right. And then I started bombing. I got heckled. People were like, where's Jerry? Bring out Jerry. And I wanted to trash this guy, but you got to be clean. So I didn't want to fuck up the show. So the whole thing sucked, and he was upset about it. Yeah. And then I got I got a kind of a, scolded by a childhood hero. It was a very surreal moment. Yeah, and then what happened after that? Well, we were totally cool, but I actually think it brought us closer because he, he felt like he could be honest with me. That's awesome. But, yeah, it was at the How time. How much early did you do? Like I was supposed to do 15. I probably did 12. Or 13. And he wasn't there yet? He was kind of on his... He was in an elevator on the way down, wait, going to the stage. And uh, it was a split set. I got off and the stage is empty. I'm like, what do I do? And there was some grip on a, on his phone playing a casino game. He's like, you better go back out there. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. And I went back out there and that was the worst move I could have done. And you got heckled pretty bad on that yeah, one? Yeah, because they were like, you again? We, we don't know you. <laughs> we don't we want you, the big man. Opening is so hard. Um, well, yeah. let's talk about heckler. How do you deal with hecklers? How do you deal with... Whether that's live and in person or even haters online, they, you know, haters are out there. The oh, keyboard yeah. warriors, you know, sure. trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. I've never Drake's seen line. clips of you, uh, like doing crowd work, 
in that way or being heckled and throwing shit back. So I always wondered, actually, if you do a lot of it. I'm not a big uh, – even if I get heckled, I don't like to post it because I don't want that to cultivate people to come out and go, oh, that was a great clip. I'm going to yell. Yeah. And I'm going to get on a clip. So that worries me a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I get heckled all the time. I try to spin it and try to make it funny. The worst thing you can do with heckle is just get angry. Get angry. You know, if it's a fat guy like, well, you're going to die soon, you fat fuck. Then the crowd's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was grim. Yeah. So I think it took years, but I used to just be like, fuck you. You, beep, 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 you know, all this shit. But now I try to spin it and make it funny because the crowd ultimately hates that guy. Of course. You know, so if they're rooting the show. Yeah. Twisted back onto him. It, it works. Works every time. Gotcha. That's the key. The and. um You've told some stories about not only have you been heckled, you've been full on attacked. I have, yeah. Not not, not on stage that I know of, bro. But off stage, you've yeah. gotten. I got almost on stage, but I've had some guys step in. Thank God. But uh, I almost got <laughs> Will Smith. But uh, one time there was a guy in the front row who was who was heckling me quietly, so no one else could hear but me. Ugh, the worst. So it was just like this gnat in my head, like Ugh. that joke sucked. Ooh, get a get a get a better job you stink you know kill yourself and it's all the thoughts i have already so he was like validating them and i just went off on the guy but no one else knew he was doing oh, it man so everybody's uh, like what the hell and they turned on me so now the whole crowd is against me and this guy's still heckling me so i just trashed him and then he, he got so mad that he tried to get on stage and they stopped him but it got pretty ugly yeah, trying to win the crowd. No, no, he was yelling at me. You don't understand. It was a sad. That's sad never moment. a good position to be in. No. How do you deal with hecklers, Amber? I had like the opposite of a heckle, but it was still annoying. Like I had a guy who knew, who knows all my jokes. It comes to all yeah. my shows, oh. and he was sitting in the front row, and he was yelling out my punchlines every time right before I would get yeah. to them. That's a nightmare. But nobody else was really hearing it except for me, and it felt like I was in an echo. Yeah. Like he was the first one, and I was the echo. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I thankfully haven't been heckled too much, but um, because I'm like very sweet, anytime I say something that's mm-hmm. a little bit anger, people love it. Uh-huh. But it's not my personality. So, so it has to, to be mean. Yeah. It's just not. It's, not same, who I am. Same. I, it makes me very uncomfortable. Got it. Um, and I also, uh, do you ever watch um, New Girl Winston, how he would prank to the extreme? That's my problem. If I go mean, I go like way too mean. Me too. And there's no in between. I don't know how to be like smart, funny, mean all in the same time mm. and likable with a smile. Right. It'll just go. Phew. So you're bringing a gun to a knife fight. Absolutely. Yeah. Hope you get AIDS. You know, <laughs> right. Hope your mom, yeah, your mom get AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, um. I want to get your thoughts on this. You've been on Rogan a few times. Sure. Right? How many times have you been on Rogan? I think five. Do you know who's counting, though? Yeah, Rogan, yeah. five. Four or five. Um, are you pretty tight with Joe? I like Joe. Joe gets a bad rep. Everybody, uh, he's like kind of a punchline now, I guess. But a lot of these guys who claim that Joe's a bad guy, I know them too, and they're way worse of a person <laughs> than Joe. Like, that's the thing about the internet. It's, yeah. it's this big smoke screen. But if you, most things are the exact opposite from the internet. You know, like, this guy's a dick, and she's super nice. She's actually the biggest coos on the planet, and he's a nice guy, or or vice versa, whatever it is. So Joe is super generous. Uh, he helps people. He gives people a lot of stuff and money. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, you don't have to agree with his politics, but, like, isn't that what being open-minded is? Is like, yeah. oh, this guy disagrees. They go, well, he should be using his platform for good. It's like, well, then it wouldn't be as popular. And also, what you think is good might not be what he thinks is totally. good. So you just want it to be your way. Gotcha. And I think it's just when you get bigger, the bigger you get, the more haters come out. So Clearly. he's a sweet guy, and he means really well. 
Right. Well, so. the, and then obviously the legacy media, the mainstream media, has been seeing what he's doing. He's fucking killing them killing in views. That, yeah. So they're gonna shit on him. Right. Even more. I want to get your thoughts on this because uh, I think he came out and actually just kind of clap back finally because he's he's oh, come really? back and he said some some videos. You know, the hey, I'm actually a Neil Young fan, and you know, I'll try to be better. Yeah, I'll try to be more I respectful. He's been. But um, I guess he did a he did a show recently with um, an MMA fighter, Josh Barnett. So here's the headline. I'll read it to you, and then I'll give get your guys' thoughts. So Joe Rogan threatens to quit Spotify if he has to, quote-unquote, walk on eggshells. On a podcast this, uh, a couple days ago on Tuesday, um, Rogan threatened to quit Spotify, leaving a $200 million deal on the table if he was asked to self-censor. During a conversation with MMA, MMA fighter Josh Barnett about the podcast industry, Rogan said, I will quit. If it gets to a point that I can't do it anymore or I have or I have to do it in some sort of weird way where I have to walk on eggshells and mind my P's and Q's, fuck that. Rogan expresses concern of having his life picked apart. Every little thing, Rogan commented that his job requires sincerity and without it, the show does not have any success. I Thoughts? completely agree. Yeah, that's the whole point of the show. And that's why people like it is because he just says what he thinks. And that's the other thing is a lot of people agree with him like. You know how many celebrities in Hollywood don't have the vaccine? They mm. won't do it. They're like, I'm not putting that in my body. But they'll lie and say, oh, of course, get the vaccine. But he will actually say, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get it. And then everybody attacks him. And it's like, well, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, whoever the fuck, probably doesn't have it either. But she's just quiet about it. Mm-hmm. So we, we love to do this thing. And also, like, the N-word thing. Well, he's a racist. It's like, well, we have footage of Biden saying it and uh, all these other people saying it. And so are you going to call him a racist? Like, I hate the picking and choosing. We're so split that we can't even make a real decision. Like, I, it drives me crazy how, uh, like, if, if Trump does something stupid, I'm going to make fun of it. If Biden does something stupid, I'm going to make fun of it. But now everybody's so deep-rooted in their political ideology that they're like, well, I'm a lefty, so Biden shit himself. I, I just won't talk about that. But I'll talk about you shitting yourself. Well, he shit himself, too. Ah, it's like, no, no. Are you honest or you're not honest? You can't just pick and choose what you can make fun of because of your politics. It doesn't make. We're not in me. gangs. Yeah, that's such, like an, gangs. that's such an important part point that you made. Not to get all political, but yeah. like you'll only talk shit about the other side. Yes, that's it. And if your side did something that's so fucking absurd, like you're saying, bite shit yourself or whatever, right. <laughs> you're ah, you know, it happens. Yeah. Trump does it. It's the biggest exactly. fucking news story of the day. Exactly. So, so I stay neutral as a, I think a comic should. Observe. Stay and back comment. and observe. No matter who and comment. No matter who is fucking up, talk about all of it. Well, I agree with you, dude, but let me ask you a follow up with that. Well, because you've been on all the late night shows, the yeah. Conans of the world, the Colbert's of the world, the Fallon Fallon kind of stays out of it. Yeah. Certainly yeah. Seth Meyers, but a lot of these late night comedians, they're not on Team Trump and they make it sure. fucking known. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's good for ratings. Like, uh, I don't know much about politics. I kind of try to stay out of it for sanity reasons. And I don't really care. You know, I'm selfish and worried about my own shit. I'm trying to pay the bills. Uh, so I think they they attack Trump because it works. Like, Colbert was kind of not doing great. And then the Trump stuff started cooking. So he just leaned in. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know if they even believe everything. I think people just go where the wind's blowing. And Will Smith is a perfect example. When Will Smith causes physical violence, no one does a fucking thing. Uh, but they say we're against violence and all that. So I think I think it's a lot of perception and posturing. 
If I'm being honest. You got any strong feelings on this, Amber? Um, yeah, I mean, they know their audience. The late night shows are all super liberal, young, whatever. Anything mm-hmm. that's shareable, clippable, that can get the most widespread uh, views. They'll do it. They're going to do it. Yeah, because Trump people watch, hate watch and, it, and then and liberal people watch it and love, and it, love it. So it's a perfect perfect move. It reminds me of the quote um, that Howard Stern used to say in private parts. It's yes. like, we've done the research here, Howard, and... The people that love you watch you for an hour. The reason being, they just want to hear what you're going to say next. Yeah. The people that hate you watch for an hour and a half. Reason being, they want to see what you're going to exactly. say next. Exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. You no, go. You go ahead. Well, Chappelle has the best example of this. You know, he goes off on trans stuff, whatever. And then that, that trans lady attacked him. The black lady was tweeting about him. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, oh, well, let's look up your stuff. And it was like, I'm going to kill this Asian N-word and Asian people are gross and I'm going to fight this homo or whatever it was. And you're like... Okay, now call her out. Why, why is the news calling her out a lot and getting yeah. her in trouble? But it's just like, well, let's attack Chappelle. That's, that's, the, that's the move here. And you're like, attack them both then. I don't yeah. know. I just feel the, like people the, pick I and choose. The, I think the bottom line with media um, is that they used to solve for being a journalist, telling yes. the truth. Now it's solving for views. Yes. Well, what, what what's going to get say. clicks? What's going to get eyeballs? It's become the, the media shouldn't necessarily be a profit business. Exactly. But and look it how is. Many, now there's so many alternatives because of this. Yeah. But the question with Rogan, I think, for a lot of people was, does popularity give you um, responsibility right. to be a certain way? Because they're saying people are so influential. I mean, um, influenceable. Um, should he be like kept to the same standard that what our politicians are because let's because they're so mm-hmm. honest and truthful or what like big pharma you know right, like right. at what what level are we holding these uh people who become popular on their own accord by speaking their own language like that's the they're saying he's dangerous because i mean first of all i've dated a lot of guys now who are super rogan and i can see trends in the way they mm-hmm. behave sure but it's still up to them to what I are mean, the trends um, we're just going to go with a little lacking in emotional IQ, mm. um, for sure. Right. You're saying this is a common theme with Rogan fans? Like, if you tell me you're a Rogan guy, like, I kind of can already put, piece together certain aspects of Does your Does that ultimately mean they're more of a man's man? A man's man? Yeah, I don't just, you know, not like a beta boy or something. <laughs> Even that kind of terminology, you know? Somebody like, who might hit Chris Rock? Mm. Is that, that's more beta? Well, that's, like, isn't that more alpha? I don't know. Who even knows know. these days? <laughs> That's the thing. Everything's contradicting now, and yeah. we can't keep up. And there's all liberals these... aren't liberal anymore. Conservatives, exactly. what the hell? Are they conservative. Who knows? But I know what you mean. Just I know be what the you best mean. version of yourself with the Rogan stuff. Uh, uh, but speak... anybody getting ro- uh, political advice or, or science advice from Rogan's a fucking retard. <laughs> you know, just That's the whole point. It's education. You still need to educate yourself. Yes. Yeah. You said, you're saying don't go to Rogan uh, for the, for science class. No, no. Look, you want to hear about aliens or elk or some shit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, go no. Oh, this comic is on. I like I like Tom Segura. I'll listen to Rogan. That, yeah. To me, that's how I use it. You know, and anybody like, well, he said don't get the vaccine, so I'm not getting it. You're like, well, maybe you should do your own research and mm-hmm. Google some shit before you. Uh, you know, just get everything from this guy, and then now everybody's blaming him. He's like, I'm a comedian. I'm doing a podcast. Listen or don't. Stop. Stop putting me in charge of your life. Cardi yeah. B said it. She's like, I'm not raising your kids. Right. I'm talking about my pussy. You raise your kids. <laughs> it's, a Rogan. it's a whap. It's a whap. It's a whap. It's a whap. All right, last, last Rogan question. I want you to be real, bro. I've been real. Okay, I know. I know. That's why I know, I know you're going to answer this. All right. For $200 million, mm. would you keep it 100% real, Mark Norman, or maybe? 
be 99% real if there was 1% that you couldn't touch or talk about. I wouldn't take the, the gig in the first place for $200 million. Too much responsibility, too many news stories. I don't like fame. It scares the shit out of me. I'm sensitive. I'm a cum-guzzling cuck queef. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want all the hate and shit. It's so, a bummer to me. So I like telling jokes and leaving. So you don't want to, like, blow up, be the no, best comedian no, of all time, no, no. get famous, have your own crazy fucking specials, make 100 million bucks. You no, don't want no, that? No, no, I don't, no. No one needs that much money. I live in New York. I, I do a fine living. I got a, I got a cat, you know. Respect, I, bro. I got I two wanna, cats. Yeah, respect hey, to you, bro. I want to have a scotch and put my feet up and jerk off. You know, I don't nice. really uh, want to – we call that the Louis. But I don't want to – you know, I don't want to um, – <laughs> I don't your want feet the, wouldn't be up if yeah. it was the Louis. The red carpet. Was <laughs> your girlfriend around during all this? Oh, or? yeah. I got a great lady. She's, yeah. she's a nice gal and all that. And we have a cool life and we were happy. And I, I've, I've, I've been attacked for dumb jokes before and it hurt my feelings and makes you just want to quit and go, ah, fuck it. And, uh, yeah, I don't – this fame shit is not – it's for the birds. So it's interesting you say that because I want to transition to money right now, bro, but – it sounds like you're not doing comedy for all the accolades no, that come with it. Like no. you're genuinely a comics comic. I'm in it for the jokes. I'm not yes. in it for everything that comes with it. The fame, the glamour, the tabloids, the money. Right. How do you balance that? Well, obviously you want to sell tickets and you want to make some money and have a, a comfortable life. But I don't want – I like to be uh, – I'm trying to think of a good example of an actor who's just like – I like the roles, like a Tom Hardy. Eh. Like a Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Right? He's just a fucking actor. Yeah, but less annoying. You know? <laughs> he seems like a nightmare to hang out with. But yeah, I want Especially to... if he's in character. Yeah. yeah As the yeah. butcher. Right, exactly. Oh, God, all that meta shit where they're acting like that at the craft service table. You're like, all right, just hand me the Milky Way. You <laughs> Dude, you must Jews. piss a lot of people off by being so real. Maybe, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody hates me. But you I probably assume. find your tribe. They probably yes. gravitate towards you. That's tribe. They're like, I, I, I hate this guy so much. I love him. <laughs> Interesting. All right, so you're not in it for the money. You're not in it for the fame. You're no. just in it for the comedy. All right, well, let's talk money a little bit. Can we do that? Please. Let's talk money. So. Uh, how long did it take for you to actually start making money in comedy? I mean, like, legitimate money. Not like, hey, here's a couple bucks, kid, Drake joke, but, like, money. I don't know, 12 years? 13, Shut the fuck. 11 years? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, you, you don't get in. It's going to take you 10 years of getting by, scraping by, especially living in Manhattan, you yeah, know, which yeah, is everything yeah. so expensive. But, uh, yeah, you got to love it. And you shouldn't get money that early because you're not good. Really? So, how, yeah. How long does it take for you to get good? At least... Eight or nine or ten years. Dude, this isn't like uh, – <laughs> are you listening to this, Amber? I'm listening. You've been doing comedy how long? A year. A year? Oh, wow. A freaking, so Holy what is shit. she right now? A fucking baby, an infant, and nobody? Yes. What is she? A tadpole. Yeah, I think uh, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're newlywed. You know, it's all fun and roses, but uh, it, it's tough. I mean, like, do you have an hour of material? You do? Yeah, I started doing a headlining spot. Holy, well, that's that's very advanced. But I'm coming from an entertaining background. Oh, that So helps. the transition of like being on stage, the stage part is the easy part. Being being um, just the writing brain isn't hard for me. It's just actually the crowd work and that. Uh-huh. And in Miami, you never know really your audience. Yeah. So just keeping adapting material. And if that's she's in Miami, where where is Miami on the, like, all right, that's a legit. Like, tough. Like, New York is number one for comedy. Yeah, I agree. LA yeah. number two, maybe. I don't know. Chicago, yeah, Chicago Denver. Yeah, maybe What's Chicago. your top five cities that, like, that is the fucking place to be? Like, our friend Marcelo, who you met, 
He moved out of Miami because he was one of the top guys in Miami, and now he's a fucking grinder in New York. Oh, really? Yeah, straight Good up. for him. Exactly. So where, where what are the top Austin. places to do comedy? New York's number one. I think Austin might be getting there. I think Chicago is probably two. L.A. is good for getting famous, getting seen. I don't think it's great for cultivating an act. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys like Jezelneck or Bill Burr or whatever, they started in New York and then moved to L.A. when they were already good. Right. So I think L.A.'s tough to start out. But uh, New York, I'd say, is great. I think Austin might be coming up. I don't know. What's the most underrated? You're like, you wouldn't expect, but KC. I don't know. Probably San Francisco is pretty great. Uh, Seattle, Denver, Philly. You ever done the Comedy Works in Denver? One of the best clubs. Yeah, I used to, I used to perform there. Really? That's where I started. Yeah, you were a comic? Up. Yeah. That's oh, jeez, I, I didn't know that. Back in the day. Yeah, well, it didn't work out so well, and I got to fucking host a financial show. Hey. It's Doug went Well, even Conan but, now quit his shit to do a podcast. So. And apparently it's blown up. Huge. Yeah, well, Conan is like just, I know we don't use the term goat, but that guy. <laughs> he's that my guy, favorite. He's, he's awesome. Night, when sure. he does his little, Adam, when he do his little. Yeah. If you were still doing comedy, you wouldn't be as rich. That's true. That's a great point. That's true. Uh, thank you. I, that is actually very true. But I'm just saying, I'm not trying to shit on a year into comedy. you got to start somewhere. But I will say, in 10 years, you're going to look back at this first year and go, ah. I'm not going to be able to watch. Exactly. By the way, that was like the most Norm McDonald response. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to him? Yeah, I don't know. Do you have, a, do you have one great uh, Norm McDonald story? I don't. I only met him once, and he was super sweet. Couldn't have been nicer, but I, I know a great Norm joke. So he was on Weekend Update, and he did a joke about women being bad drivers, and the crowd went, boo, and he goes, well, have you know, a woman wrote that joke, and they went, oh, okay, and he goes, I'm kidding, we don't hire women. <laughs> Great joke. He's That's got a million. Awesome, bro. Um, and just kept his everything private that he was doing for like not, 10 in, years. In this insane. victimhood society, he could have pulled a, that cancer card any moment. It's one of those things where he's being recognized for his greatness. Yeah. You know, after, after death. That's what happens. Uh, let's get back to the money. Now, all right, so it took you 10 years of grinding, dealing with drama, nonsense, fucking horrible shit. Sure. Getting assaulted, living on nothingness. Yeah, mugged now three that, times. You got mugged three times, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who gets mugged once? Not as much as twice, three times. Three times a charm. Yeah. So now when you start making money, how do you monetize? Like, how do you manage your money? Give us your money, your best money advice story. That's a good, I'm the worst guy with money. I'm horrible with business. Uh, I got a money guy. Yeah. Which is weird because you have to pay for a money guy, yeah, but they true. help you keep your money. It's all very confusing. Yeah. yeah. So I got a money guy, and that, that changed everything. And then all I heard was buy property, buy property. So I saved up a ton of money, like 800 k Sick. Dude. And I just put it right into a, a tiny apartment and bought it. And it was scary, and the paperwork, and the mortgage, and blah, blah, blah. But like, if you just zone out all that extra scary adult stuff, mm-hmm. I think you can do it. So now I have this place, and I'm trying to sell it to buy a bigger place, and uh, that's my plan now. But I'm not good with money. I have a savings account. I make like half a cent every year in interest, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm doing crypto. I've, I've lost a ton of money on that. I lost a ton of money on Robinhood. So I'm trying, but I'm, I'm an idiot. Well, I, heard, I heard, once heard you say um, you, know, you bought an apartment in New York City. It's an apartment in New York City. Yeah. Is that what you bought? And uh, I'll quote you on this. You said that. Uh, that's the only thing your parents are proud of that you've ever done. Not yeah. only comedy, not a Tonight Show. Not, yeah. Why are they so proud that you bought an apartment? I think because it's, it's substantial. It's like, oh, we can wrap our head around that. You know, if I go, it's I tangible. got to the comedy cellar. They're like, who? The cellar? <laughs> well, that's, that doesn't sound great. You're like, yeah. no, no, it's good. And so the apartment is like, oh, you're an adult. You're, you've grown up a little you're bit. You're adulting. Yeah. Um, what's, have you started to make actual money doing comedy, by the way? 
A bit. Okay. You know, 75 bucks. Hey, hey that's a solid. <laughs> there you go. Um, and I won't say who, but somebody's asked me to ghostwrite for them. Whoa. Oh. That's good money in that. Yeah. So that's, that's leveling up. Hell yeah. Uh, so what makes you so bad with money, dude? Uh, I just never thought about it. I never had it growing up. And so, I don't know. It was just like if I got money, I would just buy beer or buy food or buy whatever. So I never really learned how to save and all that shit. No one taught me about money. It's weird. We teach all this shit in school about, like, Pythagorean theorem. Ugh. Teach me how to do my fucking taxes. I know. Yeah. What are we doing here? I say that all the time. I go, we all go to school. We take the most useless classes, algebra, biology, chemistry. I took fucking wood shop. <laughs> Buddy, if you don't know anything about me, I ain't cutting no wood. That's not happening. Well, we get it. You're but Jewish. They don't... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. But they don't teach you nothing about money. No. It's kind of ridiculous. Or health. It's... Or health. Not even just sex. Just health right. in general. Yeah, but before the pyramid, it was like, eat bread. And then, then you learn bread's <laughs> bad for you. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> bread makes you fat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michael Sarah. So, um, so you never learned anything about money. No. What is your, what would you say is your best money habit and your worst money habit that you have? I watched Oprah when I was like 12. <laughs> I was just on. I was, you know, eating breakfast. And it was like, this guy came on, this financial advisor, and he was like, let me let me see what you do in a day. You go to Starbucks, now you buy a $5 latte, then you take an Uber, then you go here, then you do this. And it was like, all this shit adds up. And I remember hearing that, like, yeah. And he's like, go buy the oatmeal, buy a bag of coffee, buy a coffee maker, and all that kind of, it kind of blew my mind. Like, yeah, these little purchases yeah. really add up, and you don't need to buy all that shit, and don't go out to eat every night, and don't do delivery every night, blah, blah, blah. So that really stuck with me. Those little things add up. And people just go, ah, it's five bucks, it's eight bucks. That shit, it will kill you. I call it um, death by a thousand bites. There you go. There it is, you know. And uh, our buddy Marcelo, we brought his name up a few times. The guy, I'm like, he's like, I'm like, how much money do you spend on Uber Eats? Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know, like $15. I go, that's every day. All right, so 15 times 7, and now we're at 150 bucks or whatever. It's like, just go fucking go grocery shop for 100 bucks. You're done for the week. Because right. never thought of that. Never thought of that, bro. Yeah. So, And then on the flip side, yeah. you don't want to be the guy saving a bunch but not making any money. So, like, if you want that Uber Eats, you got to make enough to where that doesn't affect you. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saving up, I'm going to save up and buy Uber Eats. I've been saving. But, no, keep making more money instead of saving. Does that well, make sense? Yeah. All yeah. right. Let me get your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> believe me, you have a financial advisor, but I want to get your thoughts on these conversations with your financial advisor. Okay. When they bring up these asset classes, I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind, be as hilarious as you want with it. or okay. as, be as All right. So when someone says that you're investing in the stock market, right. what, is that, what comes to mind? I just feel panic and I, I, I freak out because this is all beyond me. <laughs> so I just go, oh, whatever, you do it. So like, if a guy comes up and he goes, I, I got a great opportunity, you got to invest in this, I'd be like, all right, all right. You could you could totally ruin my life with some bullshit investment opportunity. I would <laughs> fall for that in a second, and I have. What is it about the stock market that's intimidating? Is it the fact that it's bulls, bears, ups, down, left, right, green, red? What is it that's intimidating? I, I think it's that you have no control over it. It changes every day. Even the idea of stock, like you own part of the company. Uh, that doesn't resonate with me. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Can I? Do I have say? Can I? Can I fire if that guy? If you're a major shareholder. Oh, really? It'd be like, what happens if you owned one percent of the comedy seller? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Do I get money? Yeah, and and I lose money. Possibly. Okay, well that that helps a little. And the better that the comedians do, the better jokes that are being told, 
the more money you make. If the comedians start bombing and everyone sucks and everyone clears the room, right. you start losing money. Ah, okay, okay. But it's weird that you get all panicky about it because all the things you said are just like comedy. You have no control over it. Uh-huh. You, you do. You can write jokes. You, you can have be no funny. Contro- for sure, but you have no control over the environment. Mm, you sure, can control sure. how much money you put in or take out, but you don't know what the response is going to be, the right. cause and effect. That's true. That's true. But I can go back home, rewrite the joke, listen to the joke, tweak it. Fix it. I, yeah, I feel like I have a little – I get to decide what's said up there, you know. So I feel like I have a little more control. I, I see what you're saying, but uh, the business – Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing is just sounds like, like I could sell you anything. I got oh, a great yeah. investment for you, Mark I Norman. Would buy it. <laughs> I would totally buy it. Uh, speaking of buying it, you bought real estate. When you think of the real estate market, what comes to mind? Well, that I like because I can see it. It's a building. Yeah. It's a it's unit. Tangible. It's tangible. Yeah, and I can okay. live in it too. And then I can <laughs> rent it. And, and sure, there's all this jargon with the mortgage guy, and I just go, uh huh, and I pretend to listen, and he sends me a long email, and I pretend to read it, and I go, yeah, it looks great. I don't know anything. It is. You could totally screw me over in the fine print. But uh, that, at least real estate, I I can see it. I can touch it. Yeah. So that helps. You can touch it. It's tangible. Okay. Yeah. Um, crypto. You said you invest Ooh. in crypto. Ooh, you can't touch one. that. What are your Scary. thoughts on crypto, also, Bitcoin? Even more elusive than stocks. It's like it's a coin, but it's not a coin, but it takes up all this memory and Elon <laughs> Musk and it's uh, out of China. It's a whole culture. Yeah, it has weird names. He's in a turtle deck. It's too much. <laughs> if it was actually a coin, I might get it more. Yeah, but the whole point is that it's not a coin, so I you know. can't get stolen. I know. But you like, you want to touch it like real estate, but you can't. But yeah. you got to talk about it, and it's, you know, it's yeah. got cute little memes and Dogecoin right. and Elon Musk. Right. So, but you're, are you more of a? If you had to pick one to invest in long term, would you be more stock market or more crypto? Probably more stock. Just okay. because that's, that? it's older, my dad's heard of it, you know. <laughs> Bitcoin is like transgender. I, I pretend to get it, and then I just move on. Gotcha. And well, I give them money. Speaking of crypto and Bitcoin, what are your thoughts on NFTs? Oh, now we're getting even crazier. <laughs> Crazy. It feels like they're just trying to trick me. Yeah, you know? they probably are, by the way. Yeah, they probably are. And, and NFTs working. are probably the way the ones that could benefit you the most in your comedy. And You think? Yeah. Right? Wouldn't like you agree? the first joke you've ever told, oh, your first tweet. Great thought by Amber. Okay, but I feel like NFTs are on artist side the most that we can. Oh, okay. You can, I can. It's my joke encapsulated as an NFT, and then every time it's sold, I profit off of it, as opposed right. to a YouTube video that if you're not monetizing. Okay. Right, right. Adam? Am I learning yeah, things here? Hey, hey, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't buy NFTs, in my, is my opinion. Oh, and, and really? Until you've saved money, invested in the stock market, maybe done some real estate, and then start buying, like, Bitcoin or t- more I'm going to use this word, traditional crypto assets. Yeah. And then maybe an NFT. <laughs> it's all about asset allocation. Ugh. Right? I know. <laughs> that word you hear. I don't what like do you, it What do you either. think the word asset allocation means? Uh, I don't know. Like breast implants. Yeah, <laughs> or ass implants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. What does it mean? Well, I mean, they basically say that everyone should have – these days with crypto, I'll, I'll add this, but asset allocation is like you should have a certain amount in cash, you should have a certain amount in stocks, and a certain amount in bonds. Those are, like, those are like the big three, diversification. I don't want to blow your mind here, Mark, sure. but that's your different asset allocation. And then within that – so like for me – Let's say I have a million bucks. Let's just say, all right? I've got a hundred grand in cash. Done. Boom. Okay. I've got it like liquid. Liquid. Yeah. Liquid. Um, I've got, let's say, a half a million dollars in investments. What What does that mean? All right. So that's 
401k, Roth IRA, you know, traditional stock stuff. And then a small sliver in bonds. I'm not a conservative guy, so a little of that. And now let's say I've got, you know, maybe it's a little bit more than half a million. So let's say it's six, seven hundred thousand. So now the remaining twenty percent, that's where you can kind of get a little spunky. All right, right, maybe some crypto, maybe some Bitcoin, maybe some, you know, forex trading. But for the majority of people, you should have cash. Yep. You should have the stock market. And then, you know, obviously real estate. Like so for instance, I don't buy real estate. I don't like I don't need to touch it. I get the market, so I don't mm-hmm. need to like I don't need to touch it. I'm good. Yeah. I actually like the fact that it's on my fucking phone. I'll take it anywhere I want to go. Mm-hmm. But I I invest in something called REITs. Do you know what REITs are? No. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so it stands for Real Estate Investment Trusts. So uh, rather than buying one piece of property, imagine if you owned your whole condominium unit, but just a piece of it, like a stock, uh-huh. but of real estate. Mm. So you can diversify with that. Am I blowing your mind a little bit a right little now? A little bit, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, we could talk. We could sidebar on this. All right, all right. All right so fascinating. So, um, but what's your biggest money lesson for young people out there? Because you've made money, bro. If you're saying you dropped 800 grand an apartment, you're not like, I don't know. I just yeah. found 800 grand on the floor right. one day. But that money is gone. You know, yes. that's the problem. Well, it's not gone. It's in, it's it's in, real, in estate. A real estate asset. That's a good point. So what's your best advice when it comes to money? Uh, I think I think you should listen to people. You should invest. You should if you don't get it, get someone who does get it. You know, mm-hmm. because if you're not going to figure it out, then then get the help. And uh, yeah, I think buy stuff uh, and listen to people and have a job <laughs> that makes money. Yeah, that's true. So, well, you know, they say to that do something with your money. You know, actually, do you know that what your best asset is? Like, what's your number one asset that you that you have? Probably that, you that apartment. Yeah, you're wrong. Oh. You want to know what your number one asset is? My brain? Yes, bro. Your, your ability to make money by telling fucking jokes. All right. Because you could earn hundred grand a year, whatever, a half a million bucks a year, a million bucks a year, and all of a sudden you're 800 grand a little apartment. Who gives a shit about that? It's your ability to make sure that you can continually make income. That's your number one asset. Ooh. There you go. I like that. You are your most important asset, Mark Norman. Wow. Yeah. I wish you were my dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, what were your side hustles son, while Mark. you were doing that 10 year grind? I did everything. I was a temp, which I hated. I worked as a, uh, what do you call it? A registrar at a school. So I had to kick kids out for being like not attending enough classes. Right. That was a nightmare. Uh, and <laughs> I moved furniture for years. I worked on a construction site. And then uh, the best gig. Janitor. I was going to say, like... Janitor? Yeah. What's the best job for a comedian that's comedy adjacent? But the truth is, anything life is going to help you with your material. So any kind of job, it doesn't really matter. It's not like with an actor, you know, you want to do something like real estate or waitressing because it's in front of people. But comedy... You just need to be somewhere you can observe life happens. Yes. Yeah, well, totally. I, I got to Matt, you're, you're a fan of Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, great right, That's like my favorite show. You ever, you ever seen the episode where Charlie Day, Charlie is the janitor? No. Oh, dude, you got to watch that, I'll especially watch that if you tonight. were a janitor. He's giving kids advice. He's breaking up fights. He's, you know, <laughs> he's telling the principal all. He goes into the principal office. Yeah, the kid was real dirty, so I took him to the showers. I gave him a shower. He's like, you gave the kid a shower? What are you doing, Charlie? You know? <laughs> well, great. what was it like being a janitor? I loved it because, uh, I mean, sure, you're cleaning up shit. You're, you're pulling a possum out of the uh, ventilation duct and shit. Actually, but, yeah, know. well, it was a rat. But yeah, uh, so that part sucked, but I, could, I had my headphones in all day. I was thinking about jokes. I was a broke comedian just trying to make it. I would go in the boiler room for lunch and write for an hour every day. That was like my big thing. And 
you know, head down, no brain power. Nothing worse than answering the phone, getting yelled at. Hey, one short, one billion dollars short of a billion dollars. <laughs> All that shit in the, you know, the elevator and then bullshitting with the other uh, employees is a nightmare. So I think everybody thought I was a heroin addict. Uh, like, why is this kid mopping floors? What's his deal? He must have killed a guy or something. So How old were you at the time when you did that? I was probably like 25. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, good-looking I, white boy, janitor. They're exactly. like, he's clearly doing drugs. Yeah. So uh, It turns out it was. Alone. I was addicted to meth. It was a problem. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Yeah, uh, so what, great gig. Okay. Well, why do you ask that question about j- comedy-adjacent jobs? Well, you said, you know, the best advice is to do a job that makes you money. So obviously comedy is not that for the next 10 years for me. <laughs> so I'm just trying to figure out what I can do that will still that will still nurture the comedy brain. Like you said, if you, you need a job that um, doesn't take up too much of the storage in your yes. mind. Because mm-hmm. all my best jokes are doing like when I'm doing menial tasks and I'm not thinking. That's when something comes to me. So right. what for this next 10 year journey, what can I do to make girl. money that is still gonna facilitate the the dream that i can go out and do the gigs at night yeah i have to wake up early for a nine to five cool you want to keep um, that night free that's the key the night has to be free yeah uh, we've got about a half hour left are we gonna take calls at the end you, calls. Just scare you? Are we, do we have time for calls yeah we do I okay have, cool i'll have to leave the studio though oh god no john you've been killing it so far i don't know if we need you to <laughs> leave on, bro. we need you for diversity but maybe we'll do calls like around like 350 and then we can wrap up right at four and then boom we're gonna have a great time we'll go get drunk All um right. before we transition to more dating type stuff like that do you have like one comedy, uh, one money joke that comes to mind? I've heard you say something about like um, gay people and, and broke people have a lot in common or, uh, uh, yeah. or about like gay, gay, gay people. Uh, is that something that comes to mind? Yeah, gay people uh, and, and poor people have a lot in common. Uh, you know, we're, we're born that way. Uh, our parents are just going to go. You try to tell your parents to go, yeah, we know. <laughs> that was the big that was the big punchline but uh sorry i i can't remember the there was three of them we're born that way something the rule else three something is missing yeah and then the third one was and your parents you try to tell your parents and they're like yeah we know like we know you're broke and we always knew you were gay we just basically. knew we, we knew we, yeah. we knew the whole time okay um <laughs> there you go let's talk uh dating for a second and, and what's it like so you're recently engaged or you're getting married soon what's your getting deal? married in november Woo-hoo. uh yeah yeah lucky he's a lucky guy <laughs> um no yeah met a great gal uh she understands my weirdness mm-hmm. and uh is fine with my penis size and she's, <laughs> that's huge that's huge yeah, it's not huge. the well, penis not I'm the penis the fact that she accepts you yeah and she's cool and uh we have a great time and uh we're we're teammates and we're we're working towards a fun life. That's, so she's a comedian as well. She's a comedian and a podcaster and a, and a hot lady. That's awesome. So yeah. a comedian, hot, cool. Hey, you, you, you <laughs> sure that's not a dude, bro? <laughs> she does have a huge clit. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Yeah. Hey, there it was. Yeah. Well, hey, way to good go. Album. Literally. See, you, know. you can be cool, you can be hot, and you can be funny. Amber, well, there's going to be a lot of dudes out there sliding your DMs. I assume. Literally. That's, well, uh, I couldn't find your album. So <laughs> how, how, how does your relationship work, you know, career-wise, because you're both comedians, and then how does it work financially? Like, do you have those conversations? Sure. How does that work? That's a big part of, uh, of a comedian trying to find a partner is, like, we have the worst schedule. I think a lot, especially for a guy, I can't speak for the ladies, but as a guy... I would find women, meet women, and date them, and they'd be like, "It's so cool, you're a comedian. I think that's awesome." And I'm like, "Great." Then I'm like, "I gotta go do a show." They're like, "What?" 
And I'm like, I thought you liked that as a comedian. They're like, I do, but I don't want you to not be around every night. Yeah, I like that you're funny. I just don't like that you're not home being funny. Yes, exactly. Like, like, it doesn't work that way. Can't have it both ways. So uh, she got it. She gets it. And, you know, are making money, too. So it's like, oh, you're going to go to Florida? Oh, must be nice. I'm like, well, I'm working. And I'm going to bring back a big stack of cash. So, yeah, I'll be back. And... Also, I like being alone a lot. I not nothing against her. I just I'm an introvert. I'm a weirdo. So I like the hotel room. I like writing. I like seeing new cities. I like performing. So uh, it's not for everybody the, dating a comedian, but she gets it, and that's a big part of why it works. And how long has she been doing comedy? She's probably three years. So she's still a baby in this business. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And what was it about her that you're like? We're both weird together. You know, I feel like I'd go on dates and I'd have to like curb my myself. And then I, when I was myself, people were horrified and, uh, she wasn't, she vibed with my weirdness and Mm -hmm. she's weird and she's different. So, uh, just, you know, this, this is getting a little bushy, but, uh, (laughs) it it just worked out. And, you know, you get, when you feel it, you feel it. That's cool. Do you guys have conversations about what's allowed on stage in terms of, since you're both comedians that people know now. You know, no. you can't just talk about your nebulous girlfriend anymore. No, no. She wants me to talk about her more. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She wants it to be known that she's yeah, a girlfriend. She has the biggest claim. Well, she's your fiance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's actually her claim to fame. Huge. Uh, Amber, do, do, would you rather date a comedian or do you want to be the funny person? Do you, would, like, I don't how care does about that being the funny person. That does not have anything to do with Actually, that's usually the guy's opening line in on the apps. They're like, oh, I don't know if I can handle not being the funny one in this uh, relationship. I hate those guys because I, I couldn't date a girl if she wasn't funny. A hundred percent. Yeah. And another one was like, oh, you're an exception to the rule. I was like, what's the <laughs> rule? He's like, well, usually women aren't funny. I'm like, and you thought by saying this, it was going to make me want to go out with you. Right. He's like, yeah, but I'm complimenting you. I'm like, but I'm like minimizing my entire gender's contribution to my career. But like, yeah, right. hot. Wink. Right. Um, no, I wouldn't want to date a comedian. You would not. Why not? Why not? <laughs> um... I think that a lot of uh, comedians come from a trauma and oh, anxiety. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and the I good ones anyway. Right. And um, I think that there's. <laughs> uh, I like dating people with different life perspectives. If you date two mm. people who are kind of always looking at the the where's the joke, that's also great. But for somebody to balance them, like, hey, this is funny. Hey, this is serious. Let's like be responsible for a second. That would probably serve me better. Right. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) I get that. I get that. Comedians tend to be selfish, narcissistic pieces of garbage. uh, Except for you and your girlfriend. Yeah, I know. I I tell you. Once again, I found a good one. But, uh, yeah, I think you got something there. (laughs) And you want to mix it up. You want a yin and a yang. You don't want two yangs. I mean, nothing against two gangs. <laughs> nothing against uh, Andrew Yang and his wife. <laughs> Who might be here pretty soon. We'll yeah. see about that. Ooh, I have voted for him. Really? Yeah, right. I love Yang. Well, well, um, we'll send him your regards. Stop Asian he shows up. That's true. Uh, you've once said, speaking of women and dating, you once said that women can say whatever they want to a guy, but it doesn't work that other way around. Sure. That guy can't say, you gave you, you mm. basically gave an example how women want the strong, silent type. What, you familiar with this? Yeah. Oh, what was thanks. that? A lot of women hate that joke, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, tell that joke and tell that story. You pull, I got hours of material, so I can't remember all of it. But basically, it was like a woman told me she wanted a strong, silent type. And I'm like, I could never say that to a woman. What are you looking for in a woman? Quiet. Yeah. Don't talk that much or something. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, it's just look every uh, we always do this like male privilege or white privilege, but like the the truth is every group has privileges, mm-hmm. and we only talk about certain like Parts if of I them. yeah if I see a white guy on the bus playing loud music, I'm like dude that you're you're being rude. There's other people on the bus. If I see a black guy on the bus playing loud music, I just let it go because he's black and I'm sure he's been through a, enough, you know. <laughs> so that's a black privilege right there. Like there's privileges to every group. Women have privileges. Like I wouldn't. A woman could go, geez, you put on a few pounds. But I wouldn't go, hey, hey, fatty, how you doing there, sister, you know? You just, you change certain things. That's why this whole, like, men and women are the same. We're equal. We're not equal. And we don't want to be equal, by the way. Like, if Will Smith had slapped Amy Schumer, this would be a different headline. But I thought we were all the same. You know? Everybody's full of shit. So, some women can say shit men can't say, and men can say shit, wait. (laughs) <laughs> Women can say shit that men can't say, gotcha. 100%. There's certain things that you'll let slide based on who they are, right. what their gender is, what their race is. Right. I get you. When, uh, yeah, when you told me he was going to be on the show, that was the thing that I said about you that I think I appreciate the most, that what you say in other people's mouths would be offensive. Oh, wow. Thanks. But there's something I think when people say, oh, you can't say anything anymore, I disagree. I think if things are coming from intellect huh. being the number one, mm. intellect and truth and a good person – Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw that out. I don't know you personally, but hey, thanks. From you the, seem like one. From the you, vibe, play, you play one on TV. I only have four kids can, in my basement. I think you can get away with a lot more saying criticism. Also, you don't you don't stick to one area, like you said. You comment on everything. Right. You're not choosing sides in any gender, race, sexual Gosh. orientation. Then you can say whatever the fuck you want, and people are gonna laugh and give you like, eh, it's just Mark being Mark. That I, I completely agree. Thank you for saying that. And that is the rule now. Like back in the eighties, you could go, "Black people uh, are always late." Ah! And now you have to do a joke where you make the guy saying "Black people are always late" the bad guy right. in the joke. But you're still saying the same thing. You just have to change the structure of it now. And that's comedy. People want permission to laugh. Yes. And now they're not just like, laughing freely. I mean, Dave Chappelle has been dealing with it, but I feel like comedians. Are, the, are, are, are so sacred because they're the ones who can actually tell it the way it is mm-hmm. and not feel the wrath of society and being judged if and it's being funny. canceled. If it's funny it's or even funny. if it's – yeah, that's true. Uh, but then who's the judge of the funny yeah, and then well, blah, blah, blah. The blah. Thing, then we go down the, the slippery slope. But women can say things that, that men can't say. You said something about like women are um, height supremacists, something yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. What's that thought? Well, you know, it's like if a guy, if a woman says, I like a guy over six feet, every guy's like, fuck, shit, I wish I was taller. But if a guy's like, I like a skinny chick with big boobs, people are like, hey, what a, what a creep or what a misogynist. And I think it's this weird double standard. Mm. But again, it all goes back to women being judged by their looks and women not getting things because of this. Like a short guy can still succeed, you know, a lot. A short guy can still get laid, too, if he's funny or smart or rich. Mm-hmm. So, but not I to think, do your punchline, but a girl can work out and a guy can't get any taller. That also is true. Oh. Yeah. But I, I want, think women are fucked. Like if a woman is smart, rich and funny, but f- ugly, I think she's still going to struggle finding a guy. Yes, yeah, she is. So that's, that's because guys are visual and women uh, are audio. Like women like to hear audio. We're audio. <laughs> what, 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 what's the, uh, I can't think of, women are emotional. No, I, don't know. I know what you guys mean. think with their eyes. Women think with their ears. They like you have to say certain like that's why women wear makeup and men lie. Yeah, you heard this before. Yes, I've heard this. One. I like okay. that. Uh, thoughts on women getting breast implants? Hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, do what you got to do. Uh, a lot of guys get hair transplants, 
So it's all about how you want to look. I do get annoyed when women say, I got these for me. And you're like, all right, well, can I see them? <laughs> do you even know what a BBL is, Mark Norman? A big, beautiful lady? <laughs> is that what that is? No, Brazilian butt lift. Oh. And they take the fat from your stomach and Come put on, it in your Mark. Ass. How'd you miss Sorry. the bread? Oh, I'm in Miami. It's because he's only in Dania. I yeah. saw eight on the way here, right. but I think they're a little much. <laughs> you know, it's like I like a big ass as much as the next guy. Hey, I agree. It's got to um, look somewhat realistic. We're, we're, we're going to take calls in a minute, a couple minutes. I want to get your thoughts on. Um, it helps having a lady here, by the way, because otherwise we'd sound like two fucking assholes. I agree. That's the there's, only there's, reason I am here. That's the reason. Well, <laughs> she's the joke smart. Structure. She's funny. Thank she's pretty. You. She's got it going on. Sure. Dude, you got to tell your virginity story. Oh, I'll make it quick. It's uh, crazy. I heard Just you like are. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. There we go. Comedy. Uh, night. It was the New Year's Eve, Eve of the millennium change. So it was the Y2K buzz yes. in the air. So everything was a little kooky. This is uh, 1999. We might, me and my friends, as you do, we go down to Bourbon, and uh, there's a woman on a balcony just flashing everybody. You know, a hot older lady, kind of looked like Jennifer Aniston after a fist fight. You know, she'd, she'd seen a few winters, <laughs> and she's like, this is pre-internet porn. So it was like, you see tits, you, you watch. And uh, she catches our eye and goes, you guys want to come up? And we're like, oh, my God, do we try to go up? They won't let us. She comes down, and she goes, uh, you kids want to throw some beads? And we're like, oh, I thought she was, like, trying to fool around with us but turns out she's like this very maternal thing like yeah you kids so my friend is elbowing me like just ask her you know what, what do you got to lose ask so her I, what you already knew like make a move basically yeah. and i was like fuck it why you're how old by the way i'm 16 okay and uh, i go i don't want to go to 2000 a virgin and she goes well i won't let you and she brought Jack me upstairs. They, she opened the door. In the comedy brain, right? Then and there. Exactly. Early on. She brought me upstairs to the Ramada Hotel, room 239. I'll never forget <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm slightly autistic. And she opens the door, and there's an old guy with a white beard and a Harley Davidson hat, leather jacket. And he goes, which one is it? She points to me. And he goes, all right, you two, to my other friends, come out on the balcony. Scram, kids. Yeah. He had a case of beer out there with a cooler. They close the balcony doors, she hits the blinds, boop, and then me and her uh, just go at it for like an hour and a half. Straight up, your first time, hour and a half, I Mark? never finished, I was so nervous, I panicked. <laughs> I, she said, uh, how do you want to do this? I said, I'll take a blowjob first, because I'd never got one of those either, and she goes, I don't give blowjobs. And I go, you fuck kids off the street, you don't give blowjobs? <laughs> she hated that. And she goes, anything else? I go, are you clean? She goes, you want to do this or not? I said, I'm sorry. And uh, she she basically got naked in front of me, and I took my jacket off, you know. And I was so nervous about my <laughs> junk that I, I just put the dick through the boxer hole because I didn't want to see my balls because I was <laughs> that, so uncomfortable. What? I don't know. It was boxer too, hole. too uh, vulnerable. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we went to town. Are you she guys was, still in touch? No, she's got to be dead. <laughs> she's in a river somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> but, yeah. I think that was their kink. Like, they were a husband and wife. Or she was a prostitute and she didn't charge me. But uh, she kept being like, well, where do you live? Well, we should do this again. And I was like, ah, I don't want you knocking on my door. But your friends and the, what Let's kind of conversation did they have outside? So they got no, hammered. Yeah. And then right. the, he opened the doors. They fell in. They're like, we got sloppy Sega. And then I was like, ah, oh, we're getting out of here. I felt like a wave of shame when it all ended. Uh, you know, it was a lot to take in. Also, I guess I'm a survivor because uh, she was older and I was 16. But I don't give a shit. Had a great you're, time. you're the original Me Too movement, right? Yeah, there. here, here. Well, congrats, bro, on banging this <laughs> random <laughs> old you, lady uh, you. to lose your virginity. That's great. Lovely woman. I appreciate it. If you're out there, thank you. Praise Allah. Um, we got about 15 minutes left. We'll take some phone calls towards the end. John, I'm sure you hear me. I want to get you. Th I want to do a little game with you, a little bit. 
Okay. Okay. You've traveled all across the country doing comedy, right? Yeah, every weekend. Every weekend. Is there any are there any states you have not visited? Never been to Alaska. Okay. I'd love to go. I hear it's pretty rough over there. <laughs> any place you have other than the word. that? What's that? Any other places you haven't been in the country? That's it. I've been all everywhere right. else. Well, here's this report. Uh, it, they did a study, a 2022 study. It's a recent report, and it's called the most and the least stressed U.S. states. So WalletHub compared all 50 states based on four different measurements. Uh, I'm sorry, 40 different measurements in four specific categories. Uh, work-related stress, mm. money-related stress, family uh, – sorry, family-related stress, and health and safety-related stress. I'll read that again. WalletHub compared all 50 states – uh, on 40 different measurements in four different categories that included work-related stress, money-related stress, family-related stress, and health and safety-related stress. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to read you the 10 most stressed-out states. Yep. And I want to get your initial thoughts on each of these states. Oh, First thing wow. that comes to mind. And then the least chill, most chilled-out states. Get your thoughts on these. Well, number one's got to be Wuhan. <laughs> that's true. Uh-huh. That's uh, tough over there. International. That's the international <laughs> yeah. edition. Hey, number two's so, got to be the Ukraine. Yeah, that's not pretty right now. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to read you the state, and then you just say, hey, I've been there. This is what's going on, blah, 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 blah. All right. This is from a world-class comedian who's been all over the country, and their thoughts on their states. Yeah, oh. that's you. That's oh, you, by the way. Okay, There's nobody okay. else here. Got it. Well, I am. Uh, all right. So the number 10 most stressed out state, you know, like top, top, there's 50 states. I don't know if you knew that. There's 50. Yeah. Yep. There's 50 these days. Not Texas according to QAnon. Exactly. Okay. Uh, the 10th most stressed out state is Tennessee. Thoughts Ooh. on Tennessee? Tennessee's tough because it's a southern state, but it's kind of high up for a southern <laughs> state. Not a lot going on there. They got, they had their BB King. They had their, uh, their soul and all that blue shit. But now it seems like it's just Nashville. Mm-hmm. Without Nashville, I don't know where Tennessee would be. Yeah. Um, but Nashville's great. I love it. And they're hanging on to that honky-tonk shit. They are. That seems, you know, Whitey is kind of not cool anymore, and country seems whatever, and Kid Rock's a, a joke. But they're hanging on, so I got to respect that. All right. They're the most, tenth most stressed-out state. Ninth most That's stressed-out state is Texas. Ooh. I believe it. I believe it. Your governor's in a wheelchair. It's hot as shit. You got the fucking power grid going out. Austin's blowing up. Don't make us California. Uh, Houston, the traffic is crazy. Everybody's fat as hell. So I, I get it. There it is. And you got Texas right below you. I mean, uh, Mexico. Yeah, Sorry. that's true. Uh, the eighth most stressed out state, Alabama. Oh, that's shocking. Why? Well, NASA's there. So I think with the yokels, the, the toothless hillbillies, plus NASA, I think there's a lot of headbutting going on there. In the okay. supermarket. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven is Oklahoma, right above Texas. I forgot that was the state. Yeah, they're there. You don't think about Oklahoma. There's a great comedy club there, but I don't know much about it. It's weird because they're OKC. We're okay. Yeah. That's their... That's their uh... What's the capital of Oklahoma? Oklahoma City? No, I think it's Norman. No. I would Norman, know Oklahoma. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I might, maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't think it's a capital. But they do but have a city called Norman, do. Oklahoma. That's true. So I assume that's your favorite city in Oklahoma. I, I want to get like, out of me. You're like, no, I hate myself. Yeah, I want to be near me. <laughs> it's Oklahoma City. Thank Oklahoma, you. Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you, John. Uh, number six is Arkansas. Ooh, Arkansas. Little Rock. Bill Clinton's from there. Uh, that's about all I know. That's about all they're stressed about, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what, no, what are they stressed about? I don't know. Bill Clinton's touching, doing some diddling. Who knows? He was on Epstein's plane. Yeah. Uh, number five is Mississippi. Damn. 
I figured these were these uh, the laid back. You, you know, yeah, they get a, no. get a jug with three X's on it, sit on a porch with an iced tea. They're stressed out. Uh, maybe they're farming or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe it's. You ever fucking, played in Biloxi, Mississippi? I have. I bombed horribly. Yeah. But I, I think fucking your family is uh, weighs on the mind a little. Yeah, it, that's never a good look. A lot of these states kind of suck. Uh, and here's one of the states that might suck the most. Well, according to this poll, it's number four more stress out. That's West Virginia, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. I don't know anything about it. I know they got a lot of opioids over there. I know they, they used to mine coal. Uh, and uh, that's all I know. I should mm-hmm. I should pop over there. I hear there's yeah. some beautiful areas. Number three, New Mexico. Ooh. I love how every state gets <laughs> Yeah, I'm shocked by every one. Yeah. New Mexico. It's hot as shit. It's dry. Uh, there's Roadrunners, Breaking Bad. Right. Yeah, a lot of meth, a lot of heat. Yeah. Not for me. We're just getting Not the spark you. notes on each state. That's true. <laughs> this is, this is what we wanted. Number two, Nevada. Wow. Well, you ever been to Reno? No, I stay in Vegas. I spent the year one night there. It is a nightmare. Reno is the armpit of Nevada. It smells. It's fucked up. Everybody's gross. If you got any any juice, you go to Vegas. Of course. You know? But I don't even love Vegas that much. Yeah, Vegas is uh, not what's all cracked up to be. Yeah. And number one, I'm just going to get a drum roll here. <laughs> what do you think the number one state, the mo- number one most stressed out state is? Damn. Well, uh, it's tough to say because I didn't predict any of those other ones. So I'll yeah. say Florida. You're wrong, bro. It's yeah. your home state of Louisiana. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's hard to believe. We're all a party. I mean, it's only one city. But it's tough to do a whole state because every city is so different That's from every true. other city. That's true. So, I mean, how different from Tallahassee is Miami? Oh, Very different. Know? I went to school in Tallahassee. It's not the same. Not the same. So what's going on in Louisiana that they're stressed out? Some of the raging Cajuns, the bayou, what's going on there, Bobby Boucher? Well, we got hurricanes. That's yeah, no that, joke. That, that yeah, I would the say fuck that out. would probably be the number one. That'll fuck. It's hot as balls. We got mosquitoes. We got gators. We got swamp. Everything's wet. Uh, everybody's ugly. It's not a great uh, – New Orleans wasn't a great place mm-hmm. to grow up. Great city, but growing up, it's kind of like your dad sells drugs. All your friends think it's cool, but you're like, I could use a hug and a vegetable. You know. <laughs> what do you know about Chalmette, Louisiana? By oh, the way? I've been a lot of time in Chalmette. Let me tell you, I, I'm at a bar one time. This is my one Louisiana story, New Orleans. At, uh, you know, Miss May's? Yeah. Everything's a dollar there. I, was, I, I felt like there. a, a disrespect. Dude. Yeah, well, I love Next time place. we hang, we go there. So I'm at this bar. I take my buddy there. I'm like, dude. I'm the king of the world, yeah. bro. Miss me. Everything's a dollar, yes. literally. I see this girl from across the bar, and the bartender goes, yeah, that girl bought you a drink. It's like 15 years ago or whatever it was. I go, oh, really? I go, which girl? Look over it. I, I, to this day, the prettiest girl I've ever seen Come in my on. life. Come on. I don't believe the it. Go- I mean, gorgeous, beautiful. And I'm wow. Like, am I getting- is Ashton Kutcher here? What is yeah. happening right now? And I take the shot. I give a hey. And my buddy's like, dude, go over there. Talk to her. I'm like, okay, all right. Like, nervous gorgeous i get over there and all i because she's at a, a the bar stool i see like Uh-oh. titties up i'm thinking wheelchair i get down no not wheelchair <laughs> big dick i get down and the roundest most like not a good voluptuous just the roundest uh-huh. bottom stomach area i've ever seen like i was like oh i'm like this is why she's buying people drinks. Right. This is why she's sitting at the bar. So you didn't do it. No, I didn't do it. How was the sex? It was awesome, oh. bro. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lady would feel like that if a guy stood up and he was about a foot tall. You yes, know? that's true. It's tough. Anyway, so Louisiana, I hope you guys get better. Now, let's uh, real quickly, and then we'll get into some phone calls, and we'll wrap up with Mark. Uh, these are the least stressed out states. So basically the happiest states in America. Okay. So 
we're going to basically start at 41, right? Because the number one is Louisiana, the most stressed out. Yeah. And then we went down all the woo states uh-huh. down there. Sure. So 41, uh, which is the number 10 least stressed state, is New Jersey. Oh, I like Jersey. Jersey gets a bad rap. It does smell like shit there, but uh, you got you got the mob, but it's also very suburban, big mall, the Jets, uh, the Devils. I like Jersey. It's right by New York, but you don't have the stress of New York. Yeah. Well, it's still pretty expensive and high taxes, but true. Because apparently people are okay with the taxes. Forty-two, Nebraska. Ah, corn. That'll get you. That's it. Moving on. Forty-three. That's true. Uh, Oracle of Omaha. Forty-three. So the uh, the seventh least stressed out and the third (laughs) happiest place. Seventh high. Happiest place, I guess, is Massachusetts. Beantown, oh, Boston. Mass. Great, mass. great place. Great place. Let, all the best people come out of Mass. Really? Yeah. So smart, and but then also so passionate about their their city. They're loyal. Yeah. I went to school in Boston. Oh, really? there you show. go. Okay, there, this is, it explains a lot. Hey. Where, where did you go to school? Emerson. Emerson. Oh, great school. Yeah. Also, you got this kind of blue-collar, Irish, sarcastic vibe mixed with MIT and right. Harvard. Yeah. Such a dichotomy, the old and the new. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. Well, shout out to the mass holes out there. Number 44, North Dakota. Oh, well, they got nothing going on. Nothing. They're, nothing. They're but chilling. they're not stressed out. Right. No. Not, they them. got a lot of snow and apparently Ignorance some is bliss. casinos. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, 45, this is understandable, Hawaii. Oh, I thought that'd I be thought number one. I thought they'd be number one. Yeah. One, but number one's going to shock you. I will say there's a lot of beef going on with the locals and the Yeah, I was going to say, the, the tourists. Yeah. Did you What's watch the that show? What's the what beef? That? No. No. Um, I can't remember. Hawaii five o. <laughs> no. It was about um, all these like mega rich people on like the – at the resort, and there was a murder. Forgot the name. Uh, ah. Oh, White Lotus. That one. There Did you watch was. it? I loved it. It was so good. So good. 46, uh, it's close by to Massachusetts. Maybe that's why. That's New Hampshire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Live free or die. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty. Yeah, you like that? Well, yeah. did you visit that? Yeah, it was like the only place you could drive easily. There it was. Drunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 47, Wisconsin. Ah, Wisconsin's great. Yeah. Nice people. Madison, where do you go? Madison's beautiful, underrated town. They got the seasons there. It's freezing, and then the summers are beautiful. It's nice. Milwaukee's a bunch of good, good, clean, fat Double folk. Yeah. Cheese-eating good old folk. <laughs> yeah. Respect to you, Wisconsin. Cheese curd, drunk Germans. Um, <laughs> number 48, you're going to shit on it just like North Dakota is South Dakota. There you go. Good for them. They got Sioux Falls. It's a, The crime is low there. That's true. Nice. Well, there's not that many people there. That's probably why the crime is so low. True. Now, 49, These are, this is my mom's from. I got a lot of love for this state. This is Minnesota. Oh, I love Minnesota. Minneapolis is a hell of a town. The really? Twin Cities, yeah, like Pillsbury, uh, 3M. All this cool shit comes out of, of Minneapolis. Prince. Prince. Bob Dylan. I love Minneapolis. Kirby Puckett. Yay, there you go. Kevin Garnett. Oh, good one. Yeah, there we go. I love the woo! Those are the three blacks. They got out. <laughs> they got the hell out of yeah. there. And the least stressed out state in America. Do you want to take a guess? Come or should on, I just give it to you? Florida or New York. It is neither of those. Uh, it is freaking Utah. Oh, those goddamn Mormons. Yes. <laughs> the multiple wives. Yes. No coffee, no booze. I get it. But it's why do you, if you've you've been to Salt Lake, you've been to just skiing in Park City. Exactly, that's what everyone's doing. They're skiing or they're banging a couple of their wives. That's pretty much it. There you go. Just a couple. You spent time in uh, in uh, Utah. Never. 
Okay. That's yeah. a good comedy club there. I figured Colorado would be on this list. Oh, Colorado's yeah. good living. It's next to Utah. I don't know why Colorado's this. Well, anyway, if we left your state off this list, I'm sorry to offend you. That's fine. Um, by the way, uh, do you have any good impressions of anybody from Delaware? No, I don't know. What... Do, you, do you remember the Wayne's World? When he's like, they were... You've seen Wayne's World. Sure. Of course. You grew Love up. It. Mike Myers, by the way, one of the most underrated comedians of all time. Amazing. What happened to him? Austin Powers. And, and, uh, Austin Powers. Amazing. And they give a, uh, when they were doing Wayne's World. Have you seen Wayne's World or are you too young for Wayne's World? Uh, like, I've seen. You're like, I've saw Wayne's World 3. It's great. It's yeah. Cool Wayne's World is amazing. If you haven't seen it, watch it. But they're like, they do like a green screen and it's Wayne and Garth, Dana Carvey, also another legend. Yeah. And, uh. Like, all right, you're from New York. Pretend, hey, we're from New York. We're walking here, you know? Hey, we're from L.A. Hey, what's up, bro? Uh Hey, you're Delaware. He's like, hi. (laughs) I'm from Delaware. (laughs) They don't have a thing. Exactly. They got Joe Biden, They got Joe Biden these days. Yeah. Anyway, we've had some fun with Mark Norman today. John, do we have a couple phone calls for Mark? Yes, we have Cameron on the line. We got Cameron on the line. Cameron here, you know? Hey, we're from LA. Hey, what's up, bro? Terrifying. Yeah. Delaware is like, hi. Why Wait, do I, I hear? Like, is that me I'm talking to Delaware? You know the Exactly. What Joe Biden? They got Joe Biden. Oh no! What John, I hear we've had some fun with Mark Norman today. John, do we have a couple <laughs> phone calls? We did an instant Mark? replay. John, what is <laughs> happening right now? We just got an instant replay. We got Cameron on the line. Cameron here, you know. Hey, we're from LA. Hey, what's up, bro? Now we're on a loop. Hi. Why? 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 Is that me I'm talking Delaware? <laughs> I've never seen exactly. Delaware. I've never seen Delaware. I've never seen Delaware. I've never seen Delaware. I've never seen Delaware. With Mark Norman. Okay. Whoa, that was terrifying. I don't know. Sorry, we apologize Ooh. for that. I'm not sure what happened there. Mark even put his sunglasses on to get cool with I'm this. Scared of, I'm scared of the calls. I just assume some guy's going to call some in. Guy's gonna, the uh, call was the past. John. Is that me talking Delaware? It's still happening. John, what's happening? I have no clue with these phone calls, man. Uh-oh. Cameron, you weirdo, is a witch. What just happened with Cameron? John, do we want to cut the... Yeah, we'll the cut fo- the phone calls. We're going to cut the phone calls. That was the creepiest right, thing ever. It? Just assume some guy's going to call. Oh, here we go again. Joe, you mentioned Joe Biden. That's the only impression I can do. Can, can I you? sniff your hair? No. <laughs> All right. That was awesome. Uh-oh. John, Jorge, are we still live? What is happening right yeah, now? No phone calls. We're live. Okay, cool. Okay, but we hear the audio keep coming back. Are you aware of what's happening with the audio? Oh, God. We're lost in another dimension. Anywho. <laughs> you know, you're so calls. different than I thought you would be. Really? Yeah, because you kind of sell yourself as this, like, I don't really care. I'm kind of apathetic. Oh, feelings. What are that? And then you are so much more uh, emotive and like oh, invested wow. emotionally in like the things that you're talking about, which is... A nice surprise. Okay. I thanks. was like, what are you going to be a robot? There's no way. And yeah, I mean, I think, I, I don't know that if that's lot. part of your act. It, well, I just want to tone yourself down. I guess it's my, my way of staying out of, not out of trouble, but just kind of, I want the jokes to, to take over. Do you feel like that you can say more if you're kind of a little less expressive? Maybe. And maybe that was a, not a conscious choice, but maybe you're right. I'll take it. Okay. Thanks. Take it around <laughs> with it. Uh, look, I want to wrap up with this. You're different um, than I thought, too. I thought you'd be nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, dude, you've been, you've been awesome. You've been hilarious. I actually, th- there's a, um, sorry that we couldn't take phone calls. No, it's for the best. There was probably so many calls there waiting that the phone lines busted. Speak to Mark. Uh, you wrote some letter, dude. I a did. letter from comedian Mark Norman, uh, and it was entitled, by the way, this was published this month, Mar- March 1st. I don't know if this was an April Fool's joke. It was oh. called One Comic's Journey. 
Oh, the Whalebone magazine. What is this letter? What is this? Uh, what is this? Uh... This magazine did a comedy issue, yeah. and uh, I know the guy who uh, publishes the magazine. He said, "Hey, uh, can you write something?" And I said, "I don't know what to write." And he goes, "Just tell me about how you got started." Yeah. So I just wrote this thing on a plane in my phone, real quick, and I texted it to him. Well, dude, it's freaking awesome. Oh, thanks. I'm just, I'm not, it's like it's probably a, you know half a page. I'm not going to do the whole thing. I'm not going to you know. It's long. I could have you read it, but then uh... you'd probably be awkward. I'm going to read it. <laughs> Yeah. But basically, it's basically saying, hey, 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 Mark Norman here, New York City stand-up comedian, right? Yeah. It's a nice thing, Mark. Put on the right. I just don't want to hear Mark's, Mark's uncomfortable. Words. Basically, you're talking about how you moved to the big city uh, from New Orleans, and you came to New York City with 800 bucks in your pocket and a dream. Yada, 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 yada. You lived in a shoebox. You, 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 did, uh, you got mugged three times, and it was a good uh, hour-plus commute from uh, into Manhattan from yeah. work. You talked about that, right? Uh, going through all the, the trials and tribulations of New York stand-up comedy. We're getting to the point here, Amber. Um, you said, you know, people have said to me, did you ever want to quit or move back and get a real gig? And you said, honestly, I never even thought about it. Mm. So, um, you know, you said the thoughts of, you know, sitting in a cubicle, chasing some invisible stability that doesn't exist, whatever bullshit or they teach you in school just wasn't for you, right? Mm. So trying to break into the comedy world is lousy with hardships and obstacles, but until you go through it, could ever feel the insane varieties of rejection, shame, and humiliation. Bombing is the one thing, is one thing, but being booed, begging people on the sidewalk to be your audience, and getting stiffed by club owners, and the list goes on. Uh-huh. Right? So you're saying, I got a lot of these newbies asking to pick my brain yeah. uh, or go out to coffee, but uh, there's really just a waste of freaking time. You say, time could be better spent writing new jokes or soaking up stage time there's no shortcut go get better and then you go on to say um this is sort of like uh, life advice here right Uh oh. this is where you're gonna get real uncomfortable right now but i respect it bro you said you know all that all the stuff that the ch- uh, challenges you deal with that's basically you know that's what life is uh-huh. pushing up pushing the ball up the hill uh so and then to quote you well i'm not quoting you this whole time but then yeah. this, this part is in quotes it says take breaks be grateful Enjoy what you've accomplished, but still, but you still have to keep creating. Yeah. Success has its flaws and hiccups, but I don't know too many people who'd go back. Keep going, folks, and be nice. Yeah, so, there you go. There you are, bro. All does right. that kind of sum up who you are? Give us, give us, take us out here, and Mark. I should take my own advice. You yeah. know, we all want more. We're all uh, all unhappy. We're all chasing something. We all got childhood trauma, um, but. You know, we're we're lucky to be alive. Uh, things could be worse. We could be in a war. We could be in Ukraine. We could be yep. back in this pandemic. Uh, so remember, everybody's going through something. It's not just you. And uh, be grateful for what you got and, and work for more. Don't just expect more. Earn it. And uh, Kim Kardashian said that. And uh, <laughs> I fucked her before Pete Davidson. No, no. But, yeah, just uh, everybody's is uh, mad about what they don't have. Like, yeah. like nobody wants to work anymore. Right. Have you noticed that? Like, uh, I, I shouldn't have a job, and I should get money for free and all that. And I think that is exciting and nice, but I think if people worked more, they would actually be happier. I think I it's agree. the opposite. We're going the opposite route that we should be. And look how upset everybody is. Look how much, how volatile everyone is, how on edge everyone is. So I say... Find something you love and, and work at it and get good at it and stop expecting so much and start giving more. Queef it up. Praise Allah. I'll see you all in hell. I'm gay. 
Thanks a lot. I've been Kevin Hart, right? Yeah, I'm Kevin Hart. That's awesome. Well, I'll give you a compliment, bro, and then we'll sign out. And Amber, before I want to get your thoughts on this, you're actually exactly what I thought you'd be. You're you're great, bro. How do you like that? I I mean, I've watched, because I used to do comedy, and I watch a lot of comedy. You can just kind of tell who people are, for the most part. Have you turned out to be a massive douchebag? Like, I didn't see that one coming. Right. But I expected this. So respect right. to you, well, bro. Thank, thank you, you for being here. Amber, your final thoughts on today's episode with Mark Norman. I just meant you're not socially awkward, and you claim to be. And you Well, seem... I can't make eye contact too well. I feel like we're doing okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's I think you like, just inside. locked eyes for like yeah. a half yeah, a second. Yeah, that was really but nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, well, I, I appreciate when you can have uh, – great intellectual conversations with comedians that it doesn't feel the pressure of being punchline every single yeah, second and it awesome. takes takes over the points that you're making so mm. i appreciated that yeah well uh, for listening. maybe maybe a reason uh that you're you're doing so well and blown up is you know when you know one door closes one door opens you know rest in peace norm mcdonald yes. and she kind of thinks that you're the kind of the you next norm and that's uh, not sure. a bad thing at all bro i should tell you i have cancer yeah. <laughs> and i will say that you're naturally hilarious bro it's not an act and it's not funny i mean it's uh it's not, not forced it's not funny <laughs> uh but respect for telling us about pretty much everything that's going on in your good life luck on the two shows tonight uh, luck, yeah, yeah. Where, where can tonight, everyone find tomorrow. you give us a little sign out MarkNormanComedy.com for dates, Tuesdays with stories, We Might Be Drunk, Out to Lunch, Netflix, the stand-ups, and uh, yeah, say hello, buy a shirt, how about a hug, and uh, try not to heckle, and sorry about I've been farting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention, so I didn't know who it was, but it's, it's pretty bad, but you're, you're awesome, Mark. Uh, thank you for breaking down your dating, thank you for taking out comedy, and thank you for breaking down the money component, because this is a financial show that we talk about all these different types of things, because, you know, money makes the world go around and all that fun stuff. So thank you, Mark. Thank you, Amber, as always, and everyone at home, remember to save that money. We out. Woo!